everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In this week's episode, I'm joined with Julia Molas. Hi Julia. Hello, hi. How are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Um, yeah, let's get straight into the quick fire round so listeners can get to know you a bit better. Um, so first of all, how old are you? I'm 28 and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. And where are you currently in your journey of like dancing um and just vaguely where did you train where did you train and what like in really short what did that path kind of look like so i'm currently oh my voice i'm currently (laughs) a ballet teacher in london Mm -hmm. full-time ballet teacher and i trained in the dance conservatoire of barcelona Mm-hmm. And then I graduated in um, the Royal Ballet of Flanders in Antwerp, in Belgium. And I had a very, very, very short career. I only danced for about two years after I graduated. Um, because of like several things, I had a really big, bad um, injury. But um, yeah, I just I ended up teaching, which is what I really liked about ballet initially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been quite a good year for me because I'm finally doing what I really, really want. That's great. That's what we love to hear. <laughs> we want, that's what we want people to be happy. Um, <clears throat> and what do you wear point shoes? Are you still like dancing in point shoes? Yeah. So I wear Freed. Mm-hmm. Nice. I worked in Freed for a bit. So okay. I'm, I'm biased. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a lot of time to find ponchos I like, but yeah, I love Freed. Okay. Do you know any people at Freed that can um, help a girl out? Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. Me, I'm literally just like publicly putting in this podcast. You don't even need to say <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm, well, two things, I guess, actually. Really interested in trying Freed, but also mm-hmm. really interested in seeing what, Freed would ever sponsor the podcast. <laughs> I'm literally just I'll put you... <laughs> it's fine. You don't have no to say that on, on air, but no. I'm. I'll put you in my, my shot. She's like the loveliest person ever. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I will be taking you up on that offer. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite uh, choreography that you've either learned or seen, or yeah, or seen? I. I've always really loved since the first time I saw it um, mm. in the middle. Oh, yes. William Forsyth. It's just like when I was like younger and I was like, oh, ballet is cool, but like neoclassical is just like mm. really, really cool. But I'm still in that phase. I think I haven't grown up, <laughs> grown out of that phase. Mm-hmm. I just, I really love it. The music, oh. mm-hmm. the, I don't know. That's no, the it's... kind of choreography that I love. Yeah. Did you see the Forsyth? Uh, double bill that EMB did yeah wasn't it insane it was crazy I was like I get really emotional when I watch dance and Mm. I was like the whole time I was like about to cry and like goosebumps it's not like a dramatic or emotional Mm. no it was just literally so amazing yeah I loved it it. I would go see that every day like I would see that on repeat absolutely yeah 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 totally Um, agree mm -hmm. And what's your favourite leotard? My favourite leotard is a, mm-hmm. um, one leotard of the Nella collection. Oh, yes. From, um, yeah. Shackard. Mm-hmm. It's long sleeve mesh and it has really low back. I really it's really soft. Yeah. It's beautiful. I want to try. I see I see that on, I know they're launching a new range and I saw it on her Instagram and I was like, mm, that looks like something I want. <laughs> I, just, I only wear soft clothes. Fair enough. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, since the pandemic, especially, I'm like, no jeans, no hard clothes. Mm-hmm. And that's like the softest leotard ever. Oh, that's what we yeah. love. 
nice <laughs> um and what is your favorite food my favorite food is cheese love it all of that's it. the first time i've had someone say cheese nice. <laughs> yeah well good cheese is good so i get like i i get that choice yeah. um okay so let's go into your journey kind of just um kind of vaguely like you don't need to go into super detail but um just to give the listeners an idea of how you got Mm -hmm. um how you got into dance and then at what point did you decide you wanted to do more professional training and kind of what that journey looked like for you so I started dancing I think like three months before I turned three so very very young but it was obviously like pre-ballet um fun classes yeah um but a friend of my dad's wife was Mm -hmm. a ballet teacher and I think we went to see an open class and I was really into it and she said oh she's a bit too young but just like bring her in and I just loved it so much it was for me she is the teacher that she's actually sparked my love for dance, but then also my love for teaching. Mm, nice. And, and yeah, I was in that little local school until I was about 12. Mm-hmm. And then we heard about the, like the, the conservatoire. Mm-hmm. And my parents were always really respectful. And they were like, oh, whatever you want to do, you do. Like, you don't have to dance and you don't have mm-hmm. to. So I was doing music at the time as well. And they were like, you don't have to be a musician. Like, just like do whatever mm-hmm. and then I went my dad had a rehearsal in that school because they had these like massive um rooms and like really cool rehearsal spaces mm-hmm. and I went to watch one of his rehearsals maybe it's a bit like I don't know superficial but just seeing the building I was really impressed and I thought like I I don't know like I want to study here yeah I saw some of the you know, I don't know, like 16-year-old students yeah. walking mm-hmm. around, like, with the uniform, and they look like real ballerinas, and mm. I was like, oh, maybe I can be one mm. if I come study here, mm-hmm. and then I auditioned that, like, September to get in, and I didn't get in, mm. and I got a really low mark. I had a sprained ankle, and yeah, and I can't remember, some other injury, but it, I didn't get in and that made me feel I was never going to dance and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I went to another school that they would prepare you to go into a vocational school. And the second time around, I did get in. Oh, nice. And then that was, it was a really, really, really nice experience. And we were doing academics and dance mm-hmm. all at the same time. Sorry, all together. Mm. So you end up creating really nice relationships and bonds with people mm-hmm. um but at the same time obviously like we went through the hard things together as well which now that I look at it from the distance it's quite beautiful to be able mm-hmm. to share even if it's bad or like dark times share it with other people that really understand how you're living that yeah um but the thing in Spain is that if you want to do anything, if you want to work doing anything in the arts, mm-hmm. there's no funding. There's now there's like a couple of ballet companies, but it's very very hard. Mm-hmm. So we all kind of knew that after you graduated there, you needed to go and like do you know like your last year somewhere else in Europe if you wanted okay. to work a in. chance to yeah to like be able to go out and audition. Mm-hmm. Um. So before my last year, I started looking at, um, I think I auditioned for the school in Berlin, mm-hmm. in Amsterdam and Antwerp. And then I really didn't know where to go. And mm-hmm. I was quite lost at the time. And my parents are not like you know, ballet moms. So they really, we were doing research, like what, which one of the three is the best school? Like, what will which one will be the most nurturing or 
I don't know, we were so, so, so lost. Mm. And in the end, I just chose Antwerp because I already had a friend there, well, like a slightly younger guy that went to my school. Um, and it seemed like a really nice size, a bit less touristy than Amsterdam. Mm. And some reason Berlin. Now I love Berlin, but when I did when I auditioned, I don't know, I was like sixteen. Mm. I found Berlin quite scary because it's mm. big, and so in the end, I just chose um, Antwerp. Yeah, yeah fair um, enough. Yeah, yeah. And then that's, yeah, yeah, that's in, no. I was just gonna say, did you do you ever look back like when you graduate and kind of think like, oh, I don't know, did you ever think, oh, I kind of wish I'd go, maybe gone this, like gone here. Or are you not? I mean, it's different. Like some people just like, oh no, like I went to this place and that was just part of my experience. Like that was what's made me, me. Um, I don't know. Like, do you ever just like look back and think, oh, would have yeah. it been different? I mean, obviously it would have been different because it would have been a complete, yeah, you yeah. know, different path. But I think I've always thought like, that? yeah, because once when I lived, when I was in Antwerp, I didn't have a really, I didn't have a very nice time mm-hmm. because um, I think now it's changed. But when I lived there, everything used to like close at four, okay. like finish school and everything was closed oh. and like winter was really long. Mm-hmm. And so I did feel quite lonely and I lived all with, um, I lived in a big building with Erasmus students. So everyone was kind of in like 23, 24 and I was yeah. 17 so I felt really yeah oh my gosh isolated not close yeah Mm. I felt quite isolated and and I've always wondered like what would it like what would have been if I lived if I chose Amsterdam Mm. because it did seem like a very obviously it's an amazing city and this the project of the school when I auditioned it was still like quite small quite a small school or like new project so I was like oh maybe I don't know but then was this um, a very cool school what school was it is it what's the Dutch National Ballet yeah 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 so I'm talking about over 10 years ago oh my god I feel so old that's great no you're not old that's fine (laughs) (laughs) that's fine I I just I have these memories so close they feel like quite recent when I think about it yeah but that's great 12 years ago um, that's crazy but yeah there's been times that I'm like oh yeah like what if I Mm. chose Berlin for example Mm. which is a really cool city but then I know that what I chose is what you said that's Mm who I am now and what I've learned yeah you know absolutely because I chose that option Mm. um so yeah and then my first ever like work Mm -hmm. not work experience sorry like professional experience yeah was with um the National Ballet of Cuba in a tour they were doing in, in Spain yeah because my old teachers in Barcelona Mm. they were Cubans and they Mm -hmm. were still really in contact with the company when they visit Spain Mm. and they needed people and stuff and for me that was the best and most perfect first experience as a dancer Mm -hmm. it was so nice it was it was just wholesome the whole like everyone was so kind it was me and a few more people from my school maybe like it was three girls one guy and we just had I think because we were so young and so up for it mm-hmm. so you know like whatever you give us we'll yeah. be super grateful for yeah but then they gave us so much and so much energy and everyone was so loving and you know like taking class on stage with dancers that I was a fan of since I was 12 yeah. you know I was so starstruck the whole time mm-hmm. um so that was that was super 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 cool I love yeah, that I bet um because also like I think that's around when 
the film Black Swan came out and mm-hmm. you know everyone did warn us or like a few teachers warned us oh you know the professional life is not like school it's a lot harder it's mm-hmm. people are people have envy people are mean people don't treat you good and this was so the opposite mm-hmm. that um yeah it was just that for me was so nice mm. um and then after that I did some well I had this injury I went back to um Antwerp and mm-hmm. I people always think it's a very like epic injury that I was doing like pad a day and someone dropped me mm-hmm. but I was walking to rehearsal and I slipped in the ice because it was oh, January no. yeah and I had my hands in the pocket oh and you could, and yeah reaction time reaction wasn't there. reaction time was delayed <laughs> yeah I'm not a morning person and that was really early in the morning and then I just oh. like fell on my bum like oh. on the corner of the yeah on the co- oh. and this woman was like you okay and I was like yeah yeah and then I wasn't like my legs were a bit numb and I was like oh my god this is this is it and then it's a bit blurry but basically I went to hospital I was there for ages mm. and they couldn't like work out what it was mm-hmm. and then it turns out I fractured two vertebrae <gasps> and my tailbone oh, moved like it was like it was a very weird pain that I've never had again mm. um, but yeah my tailbone moved like inwards a bit so then yeah I was in bed for three weeks and then I slowly recovered, mm-hmm. but um, the doctors, it was quite a traumatic experience because I was, um, in, in Antwerp they speak um, Flemish, mm-hmm. which is sort of close to um, Dutch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I could like say very, very simple things like, you know, how much is the bread? Thank you, mm-hmm. please. But mm-hmm. medical terms, I could I couldn't even really probably manage in English. So imagine in Flemish. And when I was in hospital, I was like, like crying, like, I don't know what you're saying. And they just look at me and I could tell they were like kind of feeling for me, but they mm-hmm. just keep talking in Flemish. And then at the end I said to the guy, like, I'm, I'm a dancer here. Like, should I not dance for it? But like, what do I have to do? Like, I need, some help and then he changed to English and he was like oh my husband's a dancer or my husband was a dancer I really feel for you guys and blah 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 then he said that man was really nice he really helped me Mm. but I never had because I was a foreigner Mm. I didn't have uh like an MRI scan or any sort of x-ray I didn't have anything to check so at the time I didn't know my vertebrae were fra- fractured oh god and then I stopped for three weeks and I mm-hmm. started like getting back to dancing and I remember the first day I did small jumps I had these like cramps that came up from my spine and into my forehead I was like what the oh. hell is this um so then I had to move back to Barcelona and then I moved to London yeah because I had a small contract with a very small company. And then the day before it happened, I went to hospital and had surgery in my tummy. They thought it was um they thought it was appendicitis, but then when I woke up, it was I had some growths, like benign tumors in my oh intestines. No. So they removed those. So... But it was two that was two thousand four. 13, I think it was really like one thing happened and then when I recovered the other thing happened oh and I was thinking at that point I had already done like a couple of contracts and I was like oh like maybe maybe I'm not that happy performing because mm. because although uh, this is what I've done all my life but it was a quite hard time to decide mm. because obviously it's what I've been doing my whole life and you know when you're in school like, mm-hmm. you don't really have the time that other children do and 
and to suddenly I was already feeling like oh I'm for some reason I'm not loving it mm. and I felt that you know I'd be away all day and I didn't have time to see mm-hmm. friends or family and I wasn't really the jobs I was doing I wasn't really connecting to a deeper level with the mm-hmm. people mm. I was working with which to me it's a little bit naive but mm. me as a person I need these connections I need to have not a lot of people but a few people in my life that I'm really close to yeah and because I wasn't I don't think it was them you know I think it was probably the point of my life where I was mm-hmm. um yeah for different reasons I was really struggling to connect to people at a deeper level mm-hmm. and then I started thinking is this really what I want to do and then my back was really painful and I really struggled to do any sort of like Oh, arabesque yeah. or cambrace it was mm-hmm. weird feelings in my back and jumping was weird as well so then the operation came and then yeah. I had to take like three months off go back home let you know my parents take care of me and yes. then reconsider mm-hmm. and then and then I auditioned for um, Royal Danish mm-hmm. and as soon as I did the audition I was like I don't want to dance anymore like I don't this, this is not what me. you want to like, do yeah yeah and Interesting. later when I when I went with when with Fried we went to fit the dancers in the company and I saw uh, how nice and lovely everyone was and all the staff and everyone seemed mm, it's so a happy nice and company. healthy yeah it's a really I nice thought, company it's yeah it's so nice and I thought what if again but then I was like no because I'm really happy where I am now Mm. and you know but um but yeah that was like a snap Mm, and brain was like nope Mm -hmm. um and by then I had already um so my first ever ballet teacher was super nice Susanna Perez um she was a psych well she is a psychologist as well Mm -hmm. and she started doing a lot of things like dance therapy or and then she started doing these workshops for people with alzheimer's and dementia Mm -hmm. and dance Mm -hmm. and um basically that's being a part of that Mm -hmm. was what sparked in my head like like if I can make someone else, you know, like leave the room in a very good mood or just yep. like have a nicer day mm-hmm. by like, you know, like dancing with them or teaching them a dance class. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a nice thing, but in a selfish way, knowing that what you're doing is making someone else super happy. Oh, or having a really nice impact yeah. on someone else's life. Oh, yeah. It's so great and I was mm. like this is what I want mm-hmm. so it's big part of it is because it makes me feel so good mm-hmm. um but then I I said like oh this is what I want to do I want to be a teacher and I want to get involved in like inclusive inclusive dance mm-hmm. and and then I got my job at free to be able to pay for um a teaching qualification nice um and six years later here we are there you are (laughs) that's yeah my god that's crazy but at the same time I think that's a really uh, yeah it just sounds like a lot of it's interesting like you're like I think that would have been um I mean I think there's a lot of people listening who have probably left um or just moved away from pursuing ballet professionally um, and that whole kind of job searching, you know, just mm-hmm. it's really hard, I think, when you're not going through, you know, if you're not come straight out of school into a job and it's like you are going kind of from short contract possibly to short contract. It's like what yeah. do you, it's like finding what you're trying to, because at the same time not only are you trying to like find work, but you're also trying to find something you enjoy, like you're trying to find exactly. a place like that place that fulfills you, that makes you happy. Um, yeah. 
And sometimes it's not a place. Sometimes it's not like a experience. Sometimes it's not a production. Like it, and that's just you're having to like just do all that searching. Um, I guess what I'd like to talk about more was kind of your audition experiences um, Mm -hmm. and how you navigated that as someone who was maybe not, I don't know, maybe were you having breaks in between jobs and? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming so. And how you navigated (laughs) like just having to, yeah, go through the process multiple times. I think is really hard because everyone really just does not like auditioning. I don't really know anyone that does enjoy auditioning. Um, <laughs> so it's like having to bring yourself. It's like, oh, okay, a few months later, okay, I've got to like kind of apply for more stuff again because this thing's over, or like on to the next thing, or like that fell through, or that didn't work out, or mm-hmm. I didn't get that job that I hoped for. Okay, we keep going, yeah. like. And then it gets to a point, so it'd be interesting to also deep, dig deep into the point of like, okay, well, when you decided after that Royal Danish audition, okay, that it wasn't made, what made you happy, how did you go about the next step? Because that's yeah a big decision to make that you're not going to kind of, I guess, keep auditioning for that job. Like, because mm-hmm. then you've got to do something else. It was... Yeah, as you said, it was really hard when mm-hmm. you know, like you'd maybe like get a contract, do a small job, and then you know go home again, and you know either stay in London and do like some like part-time job, which to me it was quite hard because at the time I wasn't really, I didn't really speak English, okay. and I didn't have any other. Well, I did speak like very basic English, but I didn't have any other experience. You know, mm. like, all I knew was ballet um but it was quite demoralizing like I remember one time me and my friend we went to an audition in Germany mm-hmm. and for a for a, um like a young company of a big mm-hmm. company and we traveled we got a train and then we got a plane and we stayed at a friend that used to go to school with me in Barcelona he was there at the time and we did this audition and I basically he was he was already in that like young company Mm -hmm. he said to me but like Julia you know that um there was only I can't remember now but there was only three spots for girls three spots for boys and they already know who's going because it was a state funded school or company yeah Yeah. so they want to have which makes sense they want people from the school to then naturally go onto the company but it was a story like I can't remember exactly the details but something to do with it being a government sponsored um company they have to have open yes yeah like a lot of places that like that have to do that to show that they are yeah. hiring or looking like exactly. that they're still yeah um that's so then, annoying <laughs> but that was the day before and I was like oh okay well you know like at least you're here I think because at that point I was very new to the auditioning well mm-hmm. I think that might have been my first or second audition for a job mm-hmm. I was like you know like at least I'll, maybe I'll meet someone maybe you'll make contacts maybe you know, it's a good opportunity to put mm. yourself out yeah. there. And good experience. When we turned up, it was quite a big studio, but it was 200 people doing ballet class. Oh. Like 200 people, registration and all the numbers and everything took ages because it was 200 people mm-hmm. that had come from all over Europe and the States and Asia and Australia. It was like, so many people had come for that audition that yeah. had no real spaces for. And that mm-hmm. was a, a kind of, I don't know, like a, a big slap, like an eye opener. Mm. I was like, oh, because at that point, I was really lucky when I was in my school in Barcelona. It was a dance school, but there was also the drama students who were a bit older. Dance mm-hmm. school was 12 to 18. 
drama schools were 18 plus then there was like the stage design people so it was a very cool environment where like sometimes we'd do like little parties the dance and drama departments and hmm. and then like the mu some musicians would come and like do some stuff so it was we I don't know we had a lot of space for creativity and it was a very nurturing um time and then suddenly to like turn up and have these I was like oh my god I'm in a room with 200 people I'm quite mm. short like no one's gonna notice me but then I knew my friend had said like they already know the people that are going in and that made me feel really I don't know like discouraged in mm. in the dance world in that moment because mm. I thought like well at least I've come from like you know like Europe but what about the people that have flown from yeah you know, Japan My and they've paid for a hotel and the flight I was like that's just horrible oh. And and then I started thinking, do these people not have feelings? And there's two hundred at least of really young people. I don't know. And I was like, oh. Then didn't get that. So and I had a couple of things like these, or like I once worked with a small company for a bit, and then they were having an audition to grab. Oh, sorry, not grab to like employ more people to make the company a bit bigger mm -hmm. and they're like oh you just need to do the audition for you know like formalities so mm -hmm. we can have it in writing but you already you've already been working with us for a month so it's fine and then I went through the whole this was one of the like last things I did but went through the whole audition project um project process mm -hmm. and and when they were calling the numbers that would stay in the room, they didn't call mine. And I was like, kind of like too shy to go and say like, this is a mistake. And then I was like, um, I'm quite awkward. And I was like, oh, what do I do? And I went to talk to the director mm. and I was like, but what about, and she was like, oh no, yeah, things have changed and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, okay, well, thanks for telling me and wasting my time. But they gave a job to, someone that their parents were sponsors of the company and i'm not oh, saying so they were a really good dancer but i was like at that point i was just like oh come on like nah. don't don't be so like this is you know like, you expect this in the film i was like oh come on yeah so then situations like these really brought me down and i think mm. now that i'm kind of nine or ten years older mm. i've learned to deal with things in a different way but at that time i used to just spiral and you know like get really dark about myself and, mm. and like hard on myself and be like well it's obviously your fault like you're doing something wrong if you've not taken gotten a job and you've done two auditions already like mm -hmm. so not like close myself in the studio and just just like practice but you know like not smart practice just like forcefully practice and like angry so, and like trying okay, to like, yeah yeah and now obviously that's a very unhealthy approach mm. um but then whenever I got jobs I was I mean most of the jobs I had although I didn't really connect to the people I did have a nice time because mm. I liked being on stage and performing mm. so I still consider myself really lucky, mm. you know, for what I got or what I danced. Yeah, um, of course. But yeah, I think because you s now there's a lot more resources. And for example, your podcast, or mm. there's a lot of really nice, healthy, you know, dancer yeah. pages yes. yeah. out there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I think I didn't even have Instagram ten years ago, so. Mm. I was a bit lost on how to approach this, you know, these feelings mm -hmm. of like being disappointed on myself. Mm -hmm. And my parents are like super lovely, but, and they did what they could. Yeah. But to me, it was like, well, they don't know anything about that. And so mm -hmm. they were trying to consolate me or whatever. And I was like, well, what do you know? Yeah. But I think when you're so young, like 
most people that age are still like taking a gap year or deciding Absolutely. what to study yeah. or doing a degree yes. and you having to put yourself out there mm-hmm. and do like savage auditions yeah so I feel like it's really important to give young dancers support and resources and help Absolutely. because it's it's part of the process but it's a really hard mm-hmm. period I think yeah and sometimes this period might go on for like a really long time mm. um but yeah and also at that time like everyone had these I remember when I stopped when I did the um royal danish audition and then okay. I was like no mm-hmm. like I don't want to dance anymore I was like I'm done mm-hmm. also like at that point my back was really hurting and like I felt a bit like I couldn't really do what I was doing before because okay. I had much less um, um, back flexibility or like jumping, yeah. really like jumping. And I was like, jumping is so painful. Like what's going on? Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh no, at that point, yeah, everyone had Facebook. Mm-hmm. And like suddenly, obviously everyone posts their triumphs and nice things mm-hmm. and I felt like everyone I knew was getting they were getting jobs yeah and even the people that. that don't do ballet but like they had finished their degree and they had an apprenticeship in these like science mm-hmm. lab something and I was like oh my god everyone is doing so well yeah at something they like and I'm not even sure I like dancing anymore and I was so lost and confused and what do I do now before I did the, these like workshops with people with Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I don't really know what to do with my life. And this is all I've done always. And then I just deleted my Facebook because I was I need a break. Yeah, fair enough. From that. Mm-hmm. And I think to me that really helped. Mm. And I had no Facebook for two years. Mm while I started working freed and trying to like reimagine myself mm. I was like oh I want to do this kind of like inclusive dance but is that plausible like, how do I go about that like yeah um but I think for me it was good to be off social media mm-hmm. in that moment of transition absolutely um but yeah I think that's how I my audition periods were mm. the happiest ones but as you said I don't think anyone really enjoys auditioning yeah um, it's mm. yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah it's just like one of those things that obviously every dance has to go through and I think some people have a better time than others I guess it just depends mm-hmm. on it will depend on so many things but like it's but I think collectively, like everyone I've ever spoken to has kind of just said like, yeah, auditions are rough. It doesn't mean, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's what, so you spent, um, I'd love to chat more about your time at Freed. Um, yeah. So how long were you there for again? Did you say six years, or four years? I was there. I was there until last, until September last yeah, until okay. 2021. And I think maths are not my That's okay. strongest point. I think 2015 is when oh, I Oh, that's talking. quite a long time. Got it. You don't we yeah. don't need to do the maths, but from 2015 to yeah. last year. Got yeah. you. Oh, okay, nice. So what were you doing with them? Did that job so, evolve or were you kind of was it yeah, the same? So first I started I started as a um shop assistant retail oh yeah sales yeah. assistant so, so yeah in retail yeah 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 and I actually when I started doing that I was like I hate it because people would come in and yeah I wonder what it was like I... working at freed in retail because I work in retail so I'm like oh it'd be different <laughs> it would be different in freed because like surely you'd only get dancers yeah well because we had a lot of like ballroom shoes and yes I, at the time, I had absolutely no clue about ballroom. Yeah. And, like, 
ladies that go to like social dances be like okay what kind of shoe do i need like, like panic 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 um but also to uh. me it was quite hard because at the time i did speak quite comfortable english but all mm. my friends were you know like foreigners so they had quite like a neutral english mm or like just people with very neutral accents and then suddenly i know people would come in with like a very east london accent like yeah. oh, i don't know what's going on here. Um, <laughs> that was kind of fun <laughs> and um because i had worn freed when i was younger but i think mm-hmm. at the time we didn't really get freed in barcelona it was quite rare mm. and i only had a couple of pairs and I remember they were like perfect and in my head I was like oh my god these are the best pointers to turn in ever I can mm-hmm. really balance and then I never found those shoes again uh. working at Freed was quite like you know like the one shop in Harry Potter yeah first time I got like taken downstairs it's like that there's thousands I don't know not thousands <sighs> but hundreds of holes yeah with like all the different sizes and then each size in like each different width and yeah, then every maker you know, like, yeah like 25 different makers and <gasps> I remember my uh, boss at the time she was like oh this maker is more like this you know with like feel the shoe touch the shoe and then feel this other shoe and at the beginning I was like oh my god all the shoes just feel like the same to me mm. so it took I think it took like nine months or a year until I started doing fittings because put you through this like you know like training process yeah and fair yeah yeah because otherwise like people would be like oh um i need some point shoes and you'd look at the foot and not have a clue of yeah fitting point shoes is so so like i can imagine there's a bit of you know you've got to do quite a bit of training because at the end of the day they're dancing like they need to be right basically they need to be fitted well it's yeah, that's the thing that they told me from the beginning is if a shoe, you know, if someone's dancing in a shoe that is too narrow yeah. and they dance in that shoe for yeah. months and months, you know, like stress fractures can happen. Or, oh, absolutely. You know, like other things like overloading of other muscles and stuff. Like, and then other injuries that you don't really know why they come. So I was really conscious of, okay, don't fit too narrow. Don't fit mm-hmm. too wide. Mm-hmm. Like, right size is the key oh um absolutely but then what was meant to just be a job for like a couple of years while i studied which i did then because find or like starting to find teaching jobs was quite hard Mm. because of the hours i was working at three like nine to six Mm. that's when like classes kind of happen like three four five so i was like oh i can't make it but I was really happy there. Like, mm. what was just meant to be a two-year thing ended up being a six-year thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I loved it. The team was really nice, and we were kind of a nice, yeah, community. Oh, and nice. I got at the beginning. I remember when people would come in, and I knew them from when I was dancing. I was like, oh, and like hiding my face. Like, oh my god, please don't see me. Please don't recognize who I am. So no. I felt quite embarrassed. But then after a little while, I was like, I just I love my job. Like it's because I felt again, I felt like maybe someone would come and we'd do a fitting and be there for quite a long time. And then maybe they'd come after a few months and be like, Oh, like, you know, my feet don't hurt that much anymore, or that injury I kept having is now gone. And in a very selfish way, I was like, is so cool like oh that's I what you want to hear yeah yeah mm. um, and traveling to companies that would have been fun know, it was like ah. mm. yeah it's that would have been really fun shoes. yeah and then just like meeting your heroes so when i was oh, a kid nice. i had this folder of different dances i like and it's so nerdy but I'd I love print it. a picture and then like write a little bio and then write why I like them as a dancer. Oh, and like when some of them came in, like Marianella Munoz came in, I was like, <gasps> she came into Holland like, and Barrett recently. <laughs> I had the same <laughs> moment. I had the same fangirl like, moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
was like, can I take a picture to show my mom? <laughs> so I was, that is so yeah, cute. That, that was so, 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 so cool. Mm. Um, so I had a really nice time. Um, but yeah, fitting point shoes is a whole different world. Yeah. And then like when someone would ask me like, what do you do for jobs? I just start explaining. So it was never like, I'm a point shoe fitter because no one, no, non-dancer yeah. people muggles don't know what that is. Yeah, they're like, what are you talking about? Is that a job? <laughs> like, is that a thing? Yeah, but be like, you know, the shoes that ballerinas go like this on mm-hmm. their toes. Those shoes are very special, and they need to mm. be perfect for your foot. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I love no, that. It was very fun. I feel like that would be a really fun job, especially, especially being able to travel. Because, well, when I went to Denmark, my friend who's at Royal Danish, she showed me around the company and. Uh, like I went and we went and met the like point shoe lady that went to the little room and I was like can you imagine I mean like I know it's not the same job but I feel like it would be quite fun to be kind of in charge of like the point shoes in a company yeah I feel like that would be quite a fun job yeah like, like I'm just I'm, Henriette, I'm like, she's so lovely that lady she was so, nice. so nice um but yeah it's like you're the shoe fairy for a whole company like you literally how, are yeah I know the shoe fairy mm that it's, just would be so fun yeah I think like, also if you if you love I feel like everyone that does that job like the shoe master mm, yeah the shoe the expert yeah I think they all love it no one's mm. there just doing it as a job to yeah no you have it. to you have to have I think there would be some enjoyment in it most people have come from a place of dancing oh, yeah um I can't see why you wouldn't enjoy it in a sense, other than like obviously everyone goes through phases of not loving their job. Like, yeah, it, that's normal. But I think over on a general kind of like overall looking at life, like it's like, oh, you know, I'm around something I love all day because I, you know, I dance. I'm assuming most people they've danced at some point, mm-hmm. they've had some experience yeah. with point shoes you know, maybe they got injured, maybe they decide, like, literally could be any reason why they're, or maybe they've had their career and this is, you know, they're, like, literally so many, um, I don't know, I just feel like it'd be a really quite, just nice job, just a nice yeah way to feel nice like you're job. incorporated in the ballet world without actually being, like, in yeah. the... But you still like an essential piece because yeah. without you, you know, it would be out of control. And oh, yeah. Dancers well, wouldn't have. Yeah. And I think dancers always, but the impression I got anyways, dancers are so respectful to the person in charge of shoes and to fitters mm. as well. Like, mm. so like grateful and mm. it's like even when dancers have problems in the company, they go to the shoe person and say like, oh, like, you know, I mean, my shoes are like digging in here and like they're making me sickle or whatever. Like, how do we go about that? And that person is normally quite creative. Mm. But if they don't know, then they like contact the shoe and um, you know, yeah. the brand. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, dancers really are really appreciative and mm. nice towards the shoe people. Yeah, nice. So, your time at Freed, you said so it was up until about last year? Yeah. Yeah. And then did you go into like full-time teaching or was it a slow process? Like you did start doing more teaching and then it became full-time? Because I know, yeah, yeah, I did a little so the- quick Instagram stalk. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram stalk. Um, but I'll let you explain. <laughs> I, so I was meant to start. I had a teaching job lined up that I was meant to have like, you know, like work instead of five or six days, just work three days at Freedom and teach two days. Yep. And it was meant to start April, 2020. Oh, uh, um, yeah. And then COVID happened. So I was like, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, like everyone's plans obviously were. Oh yeah. Aside. Yeah. Um, 
but then actually although I got really depressed and really reclusive during mm. the beginning of lockdown mm-hmm. um my friend or my housemate was mm. like well you know like now you have time to do um all the like admin bits that maybe normally you don't have time to because mm. working at free was like the hours you work there but also we had to stay longer sometimes and work from home and do spreadsheets and stuff like that so I didn't really have a lot of time mm. but then being on furlough not really having to work I had so much time in my hands mm. so and my friend was like oh why don't you start kind of like designing how you want you know like I don't know how you want your project to be Mm. um so then I did that and I I spoke to a lot of teachers that teach dance but also teachers that teach music and do a more inclusive projects and you know all sorts of different kinds of teachers yeah to get ideas to see how they like see their teaching and then oh, I'm not really good at um I don't really like admin yeah. <laughs> no neither do I <laughs> <laughs> so I started organizing that because I thought well you have time now I'll just do that now yeah makes and sense. then I contacted a place near where I live in north London mm-hmm. to offer free because they were like oh we're looking for volunteers any kind of volunteers okay so, um so um Newington Green meeting mm-hmm. house yes and I messaged them on Instagram and I was like I have so much time in my hands can I volunteer yeah then it turns out the person doing their Instagram and social media is my friend Ella who's like helped me a lot about you know like being like just go for it just quit your job and start go through yeah she was like Julia it's Ella she was like do you want to teach here so I started teaching but it was complete random yeah she was like do you know who it is who is this and I was like scared like who is this who could it be Um, you know me and I don't know you (laughs) (laughs) and then and then I started first it was online yeah um I started teaching Mm -hmm. um, for a group of older ladies nice sometimes we do um like sitting down Mm-hmm. Classes, which was really similar to the workshops I had done, you know, like the mm. dance for um, dementia and mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. Um, because a lot of people with reduced mobility, obviously, you need to be sitting down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started doing that. Then the classes became um, presential. So I did that. Mm-hmm. And then someone I knew from like a customer I had at Freed mm-hmm. um, who loved ballet, mm. but she had never done ballet before. She was like, oh, what you... It all kind of like started, I don't know, like rolling in the right yeah. direction. She was like, oh, oh, can you do you, what you teach me privately on Zoom? Oh, nice. And I was like, yeah. And I started doing that. And then oh, nice. she had her goddaughter really wanted to dance. So I started teaching her online. And my friend, who I actually met her at Freed, but we became quite good friends because I told her, oh, like the project I had and that I wanted to obviously mm-hmm. not change the dance world, but like, oh, you want to, yes, bit of, of course, of a change. Because no? mm-hmm. if everyone brings a little grain of sand, like change will be real. Yeah. But everyone um, has to, has to do, has to do it. Because yeah. I think that's what so many people are afraid. It's like, oh, but like me doing something I care about or me doing this won't make a difference. But like in if everyone does what they want to do or what they want to see, then it's po- like it's possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's scary. I get that. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of like throughout my like school years, I had mm. so many just really wholesome amazing teachers I had to um we did a lot of I was doing the ballet mm. branch but we did a lot of contemporary and we had an improvisation class mm. nice the two teachers I had for improvisations they mm. like 
the loveliest people ever. They like, I think about them a lot now. And, but obviously I did have a lot of teachers that, <clears throat> you know, I was probably like 12 kilos less than I'm now. And I still got told, oh, your legs are fat or your legs are short because your legs are fat at the top. And, oh, you know, like a lot of things like that, that now that yeah. I look at it from a distance, it's probably like that person was carrying so much trauma from when they were dancing that yeah, they they're really lame. Yeah. Mm. yeah, they just carry it on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it either goes that way, or hopefully, what I think I'm seeing a lot of now is because the complete other way. And there's so mm. many people I know that have danced and now they teach and they are they try to be the opposite of that. And that's mm. what I try to be the opposite yeah. of, you know. Yeah. Um like before there was a lot of like even my mum, like she would have loved to do ballet as an adult, but she still carries that like, mm. oh, but like, no, that's not for me because I'm 64. And like, you know, people will stare at me. But now I teach, luckily the projects that I've found is like really inclusive, really nice, really, nice. yeah, you know, everyone's welcome. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I just slowly started getting more and more jobs. And then I was like, I think if I don't quit, to quit free now I'll never do it yeah and then September last year I was like I'm going yeah and then oh yeah but one lady that I met through free but then we became friends and she used to come and, and get her pointures fitted she's like super lovely we spoke about how I wanted to teach and blah blah and she was like whenever if I ever have the chance I'll know I'll help you and she did and she she worked in a school and a teacher of this school was leaving the country and she put me forward to like take over from her like Mm. kids classes yeah and then like when like Saturday evening she was like can you do a trial tomorrow morning and I was like yeah sure and I just did it and then it was a bit like oh do I get the job do I not and then that's one of the schools where I work now and Mm. you know I'm like yeah basically since I've started teaching I'm like I'm very happy I Mm. that's really good like kids Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit goofy so I feel like I can be goofy around children Mm. and get the best out of them and Mm -hmm. you know we have fun and learn to dance but in a really healthy yeah, I try to be really nurturing mm-hmm. and and it just makes me so happy. It's so tiring and sometimes I get home and I'm so drained of energy, but it's a nice tiring, mm. tired. Yeah. Tired. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Exhausted, but really happy. Mm, so now that's... I teach like young, like children up to like 10, 11, mm-hmm. and, then, and then adults, which is like, its own world as well yeah it's a completely different world yeah like some classes I teach is people that probably had similar trainings to mine but then when they were 18 they just went to uni mm-hmm. so they now have the chance to do that again and for pleasure yeah and and like brand new beginners mm-hmm. but I think both like I don't know they 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 there because they want to not because mum tells them to do yeah. ballet class Absolutely. and you can really feel that energy mm-hmm. yeah and it's yeah I don't know I love it it makes me yeah nice happy. yeah no it is really that's such a nice feeling um and just oh yeah and I, it's, it's a different it's just a different environment because of that reason and I think that's mm-hmm. really nice yeah 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 and it's been because I felt a little bit, obviously, the whole audition thing I haven't done in years. Mm. And then I did the job interview for free. That yeah. was about it. But mm-hmm. this, well, up until like March this year, yeah, that I was doing all like, you know, trying to get more teaching job or like mm-hmm. new schools or talk to new projects. And yeah. because I had to do so many interviews mm-hmm. or trials most of them on zoom as well 
yeah to me that brought the exact same feeling of like audition nervousness yeah mm-hmm. yeah it like it was the first time in like 10 years basically that I've had the same feelings because mm-hmm. it's like a bit of anxiety and like like ugh, like yeah measure what you say like don't mm-hmm. be too goofy don't be too serious don't swear yeah <laughs> so it's been it was quite yeah like like auditioning like you're a bit out of your comfort zone but you have to do it to get a job that you like for example yeah um, but yeah nice. yeah slowly I've been building up and now I'm at a very happy point which is that's, nice. it feels, yeah. it's good to say yeah yeah that's I mean that's a oh it's just amazing kind of just talking to people who are just like at a point where they're yeah I mean like with anywhere in life it's just like nice to see people happy mm. because we also see so many people unhappy um and I think we can often think that like oh am I ever going to find a job that makes me happy am I going to really be able to like enjoy life or am I going to feel like a slave to the system like then there's mm-hmm. all this it's like so many people grow up it's like oh yeah is this am I yeah because people just want to be happy at the end of the day and yeah that's well they should yes yeah. it's, it's hard yeah because mm-hmm. it's yeah of course because you got to go through the yeah. shit to come out the others to find oh that. can we say shit on i'm this i i yeah i do oh my god i've been holding myself back so much it was like oh my god every time no. i've stuttered i was like don't say oh no i say the f word i oh, okay <laughs> don't worry okay. I, that might that might be my podcast might i don't know if that that means it's like i, I have no idea if it, that affects anything <laughs> i've i don't think so but um <laughs> it's pretty it's fine Okay. I don't mind. You can, yeah, that's fine. A little yeah, little FY here yeah. and there if you need it. Um, yeah. Okay. I feel like that's come to a really nice kind of conclusion. So, conclusion. Um, <laughs> and before we kind of wrap up the episode and yeah, go on with our days. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that you kind of wanted to? say any last advice to the listeners um any leaving words oh my god today (sighs) pressure is on Mm. um i think mm, no just yeah i think dancers prioritize you know your physical health and your mental health and yeah teachers just be nice yeah I think that's all I have to say Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) spread kindness it's okay spread kindness yeah Yeah. oh absolutely I mean that's all it is about mm -hmm. for me at this point Mm. Um, which is really nice yeah yeah because if people are doing something they love then even if it's like, I don't know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I met my best friend from primary school yesterday, mm. two days ago. And when we were kids, she was obsessed with reading and mm-hmm. she loved books. Mm-hmm. And she studied philology. Mm-hmm. And now she's a book editor. And her job is literally, she like reads the books that they're going to publish that year so she's so like happy so I feel like if you're a teacher do it because you love teaching not because you need to like yeah you know like make sure you love what you do because when you love what you do like it brings so much happiness Mm. it's so nice Mm. absolutely um so before we finish up where can the listeners find you on social media if they want to follow you send you any questions anything <laughs> so i my my instagram is dance dot with julie yep without the a because i think dance with julia was already taken so damn i'm like 
most of my friends called me Julie anyway, so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that was it. So yeah, I'm start with Julie, mm-hmm. and that's I don't have Facebook. That's okay. I use yeah Instagram. I'll leave it in the link below. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Amazing. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. It has been so nice. That's okay. I do really enjoyed nice our chat. Start of my day. Yeah. Yeah. Nice chat. Nice start to my day too. Um. Yeah. I'll. I'll let you get on with your day. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. And thank you to everyone who tuned into this week's episode. You can hear me as usual, same time next week. And yeah, have a great week. Bye.